This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. It's always good to have a plan. In fact, I would recommend having a plan. But sometimes those plans can change. And you need a plan B, a plan C. A lot has changed and continues to change with the Arizona Cardinals as we work our way towards 1 p.m. That is the deadline around the National Football League in which teams have to reduce their rosters to a maximum of 53 players. We will get into that because some cuts have already been announced, but there are some other changes going on. Some unforeseen. A big change happened on Friday and the fact that the Cardinals game at New Orleans had to be canceled because of Hurricane Ida. The right decision, if you ask me. But off the top here, gentlemen, one, it is good to see everyone here and back inside the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, a place that we were informed, Kyle, before the show that uh, this little studio did not exist back when you played. No, this used to be my favorite room, though, because this is where I would come pick up my paycheck. But it looks quite a bit different now. It's it's a nice little setup you guys have here. Well, we are we welcome you here to this radio studio. And before we get into what happened over the weekend, MJ, the news late Monday afternoon that we don't have any clarity on, as head coach Cliff Kingsbury said moments ago, quote, remains to be seen. Malcolm Butler and his future with this organization. The report from the NFL Network is that he is contemplating retirement. The timing of this seems a little odd considering we are inside of two weeks before the start of the regular season, but as we heard from Devon Kennard and Christian Kirk, teammates of Malcolm Butler, you just want the best for the player, the person, and right now we are just waiting to figure out what is going to happen. You look at Malcolm Butler, I think we all were excited when they made the signing considering you know his credentials and what he was able to do in New England in the last couple of years in Tennessee. And you're thinking, all right, and on paper, you know, you look at him maybe as a cornerback two. I think Byron Murphy is quarterback one, and then you throw in Alford and then Marco Wilson. So, yeah, you hope the best for him, you know. But at the same time, though, I, I agree with you about the timing. Um, you know, was he th- thinking about this during training camp? Uh, when did it? Because usually guys go to training camp in the first week and they tap out. He went through the entire training camp and decided right now that he's got to, you know, obviously make a decision and. The Cardinals could put him on a, a reserve list where they would own his rights if he wants to play at some point this year or next year um, and try to get a late pick for that. But I, I think a, little, a lot of people in the building were surprised uh, to hear the news that 
he's leaning with possibly retiring. As a player, Kyle, the feeling within that locker room when news like this hits, and I'm sure Malcolm Butler doesn't go and talk to every single player, but within that cornerback's room or just within that defensive room, how do you handle this situation when this happens with a player? It wasn't that long ago, offensive lineman Jarrell Deer contemplated retirement, took a couple of days off during training camp, ended up returning, but these things do happen. There is real-life situations outside of what we see on the football field. Yeah, obviously as a player you're invested in the team and and you worry about what the team's going to look like um you want the best for the team you're always focused on what can i do uh to help this team get a win um but you become close with your teammates and you have a love um when you when you share a field and you know you you all sweat the same sweat bleed the same blood on that practice field you become really close um and you know something that we didn't talk about when I played, um, not very many people talked about five years ago or even a year ago, is just the mental health. And as a professional athlete, um, you know, some big time athletes have come out within the last, you know, six months and talked about how hard it is and the mental struggles that you go through and the personal problems that you have to deal with away from the field that also sometimes uh, make it difficult to perform at a high level on the field. And again, um, it's. I don't want to speculate. I. It doesn't matter to me what he's going through, um, but as as a teammate, you just want what's best for him and whatever his decision is and whatever he can live with and whatever he needs to do to take care of whatever he's dealing with. That's what you want for him, and you want in the end for him uh, when his career is over, whether it be now or whether it be in two years, you want him to live a long and happy life. And sometimes. Um, you have to look in the mirror and say, you know what, this is a job, um, but I need to take care of my personal life, and I need to make, sh- make sure all of that is taken care of. Well said. Now, if you want to look on the football aspect, you know, during the 12 open practices of the fans, we did get a chance to see Marco Wilson running with the ones. And there were times that Butler wasn't practicing or he was on the sidelines. Clearly, Murphy's your number one corner. Robert Alford, you would say, I would, I would think Butler would have been two and then Alford three and then Marco Wilson. But Marco Wilson, they're really excited about this pick, and he was running with the ones. And so you look at that and they, they look at the depth, and, yeah, they're going to have to try to find go out and get somebody else. But, um, yeah, it was interesting to where a fourth-round pick, who they moved up to get, flashed that much he was running with the ones. Yeah, as Kingsbury said earlier on Tuesday, the moment is not too big for him talking about Marco Wilson. Again, it is a very fluid situation with Malcolm Butler, and we'll continue to monitor it here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. The other thing that has happened since our most recent show one week ago was what I touched on at the top, the fact that the game against the Saints on Saturday was canceled, and that's the last opportunity to make an impression. Get some good tape on there, especially for some of these young players head coach cliff kingsbury on the fact that that did not happen tough break for the young guys obviously particularly uh first and second year players the second year players didn't have a preseason last year and then to, to lose a game this year was was a tough break um so you you hate that for them a lot of guys are gonna get a lot of reps and not just to try and make this team but to make teams around the league um, but we were always gonna err on the side of caution and we made the right decision to turn around and come back I, you know, listen, the NFL didn't make the right decision. It's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, health and, and safety come first. The thing is, I wanted to see Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward a little more. Eno's only had eight carries in the preseason. And we know what he did 
uh, when he's returned the, the kicks. You know, even Zayvon Collins, I don't know how much they would have played. Isaiah Simmons, you know, you look at some of these second-year guys, but I, I wanted to see some of the young guys put more tape out there. And if you're a fringe guy, it really hurts you where you couldn't make a play. Now, they do put a lot of um, study and investment in what you do in practice, and I think that's where Andy Isabella is right now, how well he's looked in practice and some other guys. Um, but, yeah, I was I was hoping – and Kingsbury mentioned Chris Streveler would have started the entire game. It would have been interesting to see because – do they keep two or three quarterbacks? And I think Streffler has shown enough to where would he be active on game day? Could he play on special teams? So I, I, for some, certain guys, I wanted to see more. Yeah, Streveler would have started the game. You know, Benjamin would have started the game as well and played a lot. Those two things we know of, according to Kingsbury, we just didn't get a chance to see. And I remember our conversation regarding Andy Isabella last week, Kyle, about how big of a week it was for him. And Saturday would have been his first preseason game, his only preseason action. And he perhaps needed to show what he showed during practice. Now he could do it when the lights were on against a different opponent. He didn't get that opportunity. He's not alone, but that is, again, another lost opportunity for a lot of these young players trying to make a roster, whether it's the Cardinals or the, whether they get claimed by someone else. Yeah, that last part I think is probably more the more important factor. Um, I have a hard time believing that the, dis, the hard decisions weren't made prior to that game. Um, you know, what you do as a professional athlete is to to become a good player 99 percent of it happens off of the game field it's how you prepare in meetings it's how you prepare your body in the off season it's how you practice how you correct your mistakes and, and don't repeat them and coaches look at that and they take note of that and they've already made up their mind I mean if there's a guy who's lazy he's late all the time he doesn't pay attention in meetings and keeps messing up but keeps showing out on the game field he's not going to make that football team and I, I don't think that no matter how some of uh, these players that are you know at the back end of the roster trying to make this team how they performed um, in a potential third preseason game I don't think it was going to make a difference in the evaluation process but like you said that last part um, you know you hope the best for everybody that makes the team and the players that worked hard to make this team and didn't make it, um, it would have been nice for them to get some of those splash plays for other teams to see because, um, you know, these other 31 teams aren't seeing how you practice. They aren't seeing what you're doing in the meeting room. They aren't seeing your leadership ability. They aren't seeing your commitment to the game. So it would have been nice to get that extra film um, so that you can get picked up on another squad. And, you know, everything's uh, you know on film and the eye in the sky doesn't lie. And I think, you know, for a lot of these guys we've heard over yesterday and possibly today, they want to bring back on the practice squad. So that would give them another opportunity to watch film. But, again, they put a lot of stock in what they do in practice. Of course, when you're, you have your number one offense going against your number one defense and padded practice, you can get evaluation there. But, yeah, like I said, I, you know, if, if Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward are going to have to play, at some point, we know injuries occur, 17-game schedule this year. I just wanted more time to see them get more comfortable in the offense. The other change that has happened, and it's going on as we speak, is this week. This typically is the fourth and final preseason game, most likely on a Friday, or excuse me, on a Thursday, some on a Friday, but then this is the final opportunity. Well, we know no fourth preseason game, just three, so that has left this open week, if you will, and a mini-bye week. The coaching staff, the players, both adjusting to both of those situations. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's first time for everybody going through this, but you know we have a mature team. Our players got to handle those days off, take care of their bodies, and see it as 
as really a gift from the league to um, refresh, recharge, and then try to put your best foot forward going into game week. Now, Kingsbury added they are treating this week as a mock game week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, heading into a game on Sunday. That's how they're treating this. Now, that's the coaching staff, a chance for them to get ahead a little bit. How are the players dealing with this four-day weekend, if you will? Here's DJ Humphreys. Use those four days that's like rest and recovery, not so much just lounging around. Genuinely getting my body prepared to go on Monday. I don't see myself taking this as a Cabo vacation. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm, I'm past that step. My wife knows we're past that point of the year. Like, we're locked in at this point. <laughs> the furthest week you can get out of me at this point is Sedona, and I don't even think I'm going to Sedona right now. Everyone loves Sedona. It's very cool in Sedona, the Red Rocks. So, but again, this is it's much different, Kyle, when you're dealing with a bye week, you know, week eight, week nine, middle of the season, as opposed to a bye week at the end of training camp. How do you think you might have handled this or mentally affected, even physically affected? And then you try, you train and you practice so hard for four weeks of training camp, and then all of a sudden it's a four day break right in the middle before you start the regular season. Yeah, four days at this point after you've been in training camp, and really at any point during the season, four consecutive days off feels like a month. Like, I mean, even if you have an afternoon off or a morning off, it feels like you have so much time and you don't know what to do with yourself. Um, you know, like DJ Humphreys said, I think it's important, um, you know, adding an extra game, it's a big deal. It's a big deal on your bodies. Trying to get prepared for a 16-game season is tough. A 17-game season is even tougher. And at this point in training camp, everybody has bumps and bruises. Several players have some, um, you know, tissue, some soft tissue injuries that they can take care of. It's important that whatever you're dealing with, um, you take care of it now. I mean, you want to get massage, you want to, but you, you don't want to do nothing, like DJ Humphrey says. You want to keep your body moving and get ready for this stretch run because um, it's important to capitalize on you know your first few games because that sets the tone for your season and you don't want to get behind. So um, you want to be ramped up, you want to be ready to go. And you know the fact that they've already started to get into game planning and started to get into a, a game type week. You're just ready. You're ready. You're you're uh, focused on your opponent. So um, you know, I would think for especially a lot of the veterans that have been around this game for a while, four days is tough because by day two, I've done it before. I, I've tried to take a trip um, even during a regular bye week. Um, I've gone away and I've caught an early flight back because I just can't rest. You can't relax. You know that you've got these games coming up and you just want to get back to work. And they were in full pads today. You know, everyone thinks training camp's over. They're in full pads, and they'll be in full pads during the season. I think you're allowed 11 in the first 14 weeks. Um, I think that rule's still up to date there. But, yeah, they're in full pads today, and that's good because they're not playing this weekend. Yeah, that regular season opener is right around the corner, and as Christian Kirk said, it's important to stay in condition and make sure you keep your legs fresh. That goes for everyone around the league. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a four-day mini-bye week for the Arizona Cardinals. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Dave Ash Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and of course this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We mentioned cut down day. We'll get into some of the moves already made. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. back to throw. Sends a pass across the middle. It's caught at the 30-yard line. Running room for Johnson at the 40. Getting the first down. Out past the 45 and about the 47-yard line. 
So good play there by Keyshawn Johnson on the catch and run to get the first down. We know when you play in this league, there's just tough competition in that room. And there's some other guys that, that stepped up and um, just became a numbers game. Yeah, those last two words uttered by head coach Cliff Kingsbury, numbers game, which you're going to hear a lot throughout the National Football League here on this day as teams get down to the 53-man limit ahead of week one as we welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Greg Rhea, Luke Vandenbosch, and Mike Jarecki team, the Arizona Cardinals team, made several roster moves already, still more to come, but the team initially on Monday, MJ, announced that they had released 10 players, and there are always surprises. You always see someone that you weren't expected to see on that list. Sometimes it's a veteran. Sometimes it's a younger player. And in the case of Keyshawn Johnson, yeah, he's been around since 2019. But it was a surprise because how many times have we talked about that wide receiver position and the depth and have always listed Keyshawn Johnson number five or number six but he was always in the mix not once do I think anyone had talked about Keyshawn Johnson not being part of the wide receivers no I mean the fact is he he got an opportunity to play on special teams this year I mean I thought he caught the ball pretty well but I was also told he was up and down some mental mistakes and uh, he they gave him every opportunity to, to make the roster so you know, maybe he gets ahead of the. Uh, I agree, he can play in the league, but he's he's, he's probably going to be struggling for that fourth, fifth, sixth roster spot, and he doesn't have the background playing on special teams. And there were a lot of wide receivers um, that were out on the roster last year that flashed in training camp. I mean, some got hurt and some obviously missed some time. But you know, you look at it right now. I mean, they're gonna. Have, I think they'll keep six. And who's that fifth guy? Is I mean, it's possibly one of these guys that stood out. During training camp, Andre Bocelli, Greg Dortch, Antoine Wesley, some names that certainly flashed throughout training camp and even in some of the preseason games as well. And you're always looking for an opportunity, Kyle. And what do you do with that opportunity? And specifically with Antoine Wesley, Kingsbury said he took advantage of every opportunity that he was given. And he offers something specifically to this team that they don't really have a lot of, and that is a large target. He's got the size, he's six foot four, he's right there with an AJ green in that aspect so perhaps that is the direction this team will go but to the roster decisions that need to be made a lot more goes into it than what we see at practice and what we read for those that who are at practice yeah and I remember having a conversation um, with my defensive line coach I sat with him for hours during the week just sitting and talking and you know they they put an arrow on a player is his arrow up is his arrow like even or is his arrow going down and um, all the good stuff you heard about Keyshawn Johnson runs good routes has good hands um you know, I, I tend to think we pretty much saw him and what his ceiling was, whereas some of these younger players, um, you know, they have the potential and they've, they've flashed and they've shown that they have a higher ceiling. And um, as much as uh, Keyshawn tried to be a part of special teams, if you, I mean, having lost Trent Sherfield, who was a special teams ace, I think you're looking for that next Trent Sherfield where you're not going to get a ton of snaps um, at the wide receiver position, probably only in an emergency type situation. But you kind of need a guy that can that you can rely on, that can be consistent, can get the job done, and can even be a playmaker on special teams. And that's something that Keyshawn hasn't shown um, in his early part of his career. 
Speaking of Wesley, I mean, he he, he got hurt during camp, but he was catching everything, and he played for Cliff, or he was at Texas Tech, so, I mean, he didn't have to learn the offense like some of these other guys have had over the last couple years. You mentioned 6'4", clearly an outside receiver. Um, Curious to see what his role would be on special teams, because if he's going to dress on game day, he's going to have to be involved. Um, I don't know if he has a lot of history there, and you know Isabella right now I would say is six just based on the camp he's had, and normally you only dress five wide receivers on game day. Yeah, that is the numbers game, as they like to say. How many at each position do you keep? Two or three quarterbacks, three or four running backs, five or six wide receivers, and you look on the defensive side, six or seven defensive linemen, five cornerbacks, five safeties, more or less. It's all a part of the process, and Again, I love having a former player here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report because of days like today where MJ, you and I, we just talk about what we see, what we read. Kyle, you were involved in it. This day in particular, seeing your teammates come and go and realizing that some of those you will never see again on a football field, their dreams are done for you early in your career to later in your career. What was this day like when that final 53-man roster had to be submitted? Well, I loved it and I hated it. Um, when I was in Tennessee, um, you could jump the fence and there was a little lake on the other side. And on cut day, they make you sit there the whole day. They have like kind of a fake practice to kind of keep everybody there so that they can bring people in and talk to them. I, I would jump that fence, grab a fishing pole, and fish the entire day. Um, I hated goodbyes. Um, it, you know, I loved my teammates, but I hated goodbyes. Uh, that's the part I hated. I hated seeing people's dreams crushed. I hated somebody getting that tap on the shoulder and seeing that look of disappointment in their face. Um, but I loved knowing now this is the team we have going forward. Um, you, you know, it's kind of um, everybody's working together in training camp, and you're all working toward the same thing. Um, but you want to know who you're going to battle with. You want to say, okay, now this is the Arizona Cardinals team that we're going into the season with, and you have that sense of excitement, and it, it's like signals, okay, now it's go time. All of the practice, all of this uh, evaluation stuff is over. It's go time, and this is this is the crew that we're going to battle with. You come in with 90 individuals, and you work your way down to 53, but those 53, MJ, become your team. Now, there might be changes throughout the course of the season, but those 53, 53 to Kyle's point now all of a sudden that's the signal the regular season is upon us true but the Cardinals are they going to put any waiver claims in so they'll announce the 53-man roster and then we'll officially find out who's been released and then you try to get these guys back on the press practice squad but if they put a waiver claim in when they get back next week, you may see a different player on the roster where a guy initially thought he made the roster. Well, and that might change here today or tomorrow or the next day because you've got Robert Alford and you've got Justin Pugh still on the reserve COVID-19 list. They don't count towards that 53 number, so when they are activated, like Jordan Phillips was yesterday, a corresponding move has to be made. Well, and listen, there's corners out there. It's, what are you looking for? they got obviously some young corners in Tay Gowan and Marco Wilson. I mean, there's there's guys that... You know, some teams will cut them and then bring them back in week two, so they're not their their contracts not contracts not guaranteed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a fluid situation. That's why you, you shouldn't get comfortable when you see your name on the first fifty three. When they line up next week, you're going to see possibly a couple more guys. And now you got to think a corner's got to be an option. Uh, I think tight end is an option. I would say safety, and then you can never have enough offensive line. I'm not saying they're going to put four claims in. 
But those are four areas where I think they want to show up at that back end of the roster. Christian Kirk called it the most unfortunate parts of the business. Here's DJ Humphreys talking about that final cut down. I hate this part of the year, though, because this is, you know, cuts are happening right now, so you kind of get to see that happen. I don't care how long you've been in the league. It never gets easy watching guys that look on guys' faces kind of as they, they head out and realize that they're, they're getting cut. So that, that, that's always tough for this week. And you hope. MJ, that there are several of these players that do clear waivers and are back to the practice squad. And a reminder, Bird Gang, that is a 16-player practice squad with up to six of those spots reserved for veterans like last year. But that was because of COVID, and we are still in the midst of a pandemic, if you ask me. So I think that was a lot of the thinking on letting that practice squad once again be 16 players because, who knows, you might have a need for a lot of those players to be called up on Friday or Saturday. I'm curious to see how they stack this practice squad because you know last year you had to have an extra punter or maybe a long snapper because you didn't want the whole room to have COVID and so they couldn't play. I would think you know with the positions where they're thin at that's where we're going to go deep and I think D-line, O-line, I think you know corner, safety, tight end and I do I do think the majority of these guys that got cut today, I don't know if it's all 16, but I, I would say probably 10 or 11 or 12 wouldn't surprise me if they came back because they know what they can do versus the unknown watching film. And as Kyle pointed out, you don't know his practice habits. You don't know what it's like in a meeting room. You don't know how he acts off the field. They have intel on these players. Yeah, you're always concerned, Kyle, about releasing a player because they might get claimed. Well, you claim a player, they're on your active roster for three weeks. They have to be on that 53-man roster for the first three weeks of the regular season. So that takes... You know, you have to know that player. And to your point, how do they practice? What do they do when they're not on the football field, when they're not being filmed? And that's why I think every team is going through this. You're concerned about losing certain guys, but you know who you have and you know who you want to bring back. Yeah, definitely. You'd always go with the guy you're more familiar with, especially if you know he's he's diligent with what with his profession, how hard he works, how hard he practices. Um, it's not like evaluating a college kid where you talk to his coach and you talk to his trainer and you talk to his strength coach and you could talk to some of his professors. You can get a full background. These GMs hold their information pretty close to the vest. They're not sharing with other GMs, yeah, this, this is a great player. He would, he would be great on your team. And, um, you, you know, he, he's great in meetings. And, and at some point, he's, he's going to be a dynamic player. You, you I mean, part of this kind of cat and mouse game is if there's a player you really like and you want him on your practice squad you kind of hope he doesn't show out in the preseason games so that you can keep him because you do see a future in him and so um it is definitely you you that's why you don't see a large amount of claims unless your roster is just devoid of any talent but that's not the situation with what we have here in arizona you know it's interesting you say that because uh, when Max Hall was in training camp, I thought about that as well. Go ahead. <laughs> we, I, we were told he's picked up the offense just like Kurt Warner, and I'm thinking. And they say, "Don't say anything on the radio. We don't want anybody to know." Yeah, that was Max Hall supposed to be the big secret and make sure that Max <laughs> Hall would not be claimed by anyone or talked a lot about. <laughs> you know, as they say, paranoia. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
Make sure you follow the Dave Pash podcast. Get the latest updates on the Dave Pash podcast via Twitter at PashPod. Episode 4 available now with special guest Mina Kimes of ESPN. A great interview that Pash had with Mina Kimes. I thoroughly, thoroughly invite you to, to pay attention and to listen to that. Again, it's the Dave Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Bada bing, bada boom. Great protection for Kyler Murray. The pocket has been really, really sound. This is where you got to feed the butt guts now, baby. You got to let those butt guts line up and eat. Get a little greasy. They like it greasy. You had the butt guts come off the ball. Get movement at the point, baby. Only Ron Wolfley can make playing offensive line. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just... There's only one Ron Wolfley, basically. And yes, a little bit of a montage about the butt guts. In other words, the offensive line. As we welcome you here, the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rio, Luke Kyle Vandenbosch, and Mike Jarecki. The five guys, and I really think, Kyle, there are more than just five guys. Knock on wood, that's all we see this season. But you have to have depth. And as we've been discussing all offseason, on paper... I do like the depth of this offensive line. You got five starters, and then I do think you've got capable backups who, in a pinch, could come in and start if needed. Yeah, you can. Well, first of all, the starters are important, and I think across the board, um, regardless of who settles at that spot um, at right guard, it the the starting offensive line is as talented if not more talented than it has been in years um, and then the depth um, you know guys that can play either tackle guys that can play tackle or guard um, that will come in key this season especially um, like we said with the extra game you can never have too many offensive line you can never have um, too many swing guys that can jump in in a pinch either in the middle of a game or um, if there's a couple week stretch where we have a guy dealing with some injuries um, it's important that that you have that depth on the offensive line especially with what we're trying to do with our skill positions to give Kyler Murray more time in the pocket um, to keep his pocket clean and to be able to, to deliver the ball down the field left to right MJ you've got DJ Humphreys Justin Pugh Rodney Hudson someone at right guard and Calvin B him and that right guard comes down to Josh Jones, Justin Murray, and Brian Winters. Any one of those can start, and any one of those can be capable backups at either inside or outside, especially Josh Jones, who has experience playing tackle. Yeah, let's go back to the value what happens in practice, especially when you're going against the ones and the ones. And, and Brian Winters and Justin Murray missed a ton of time. So on paper, Jones has, take, has taken all those reps. Now those guys have returned back to practice. I don't know how much you can accomplish. Again, they were in full pads today. We'll see what they are in the next couple of days and then next week. Obviously, you want your team to be fresh going into the season. So let's just say hypothetically Josh Jones is the right, starting right guard. Again, don't know. I'm just saying let's – so now look at the depth. you got Justin Murray who can play four different positions. you got Max Garcia who can play guard and center. He's the backup center. you got Brian Winters. Normally you can play – Inside guard and also uh, center, he you know he's got experience at right guard. Played with Kelvin Beecham, and then you you, know, you look at some other guys that possibly, you know, I guess on, I think they'll keep nine possibly on on the, on the active roster. You're only going to address eight on game day, 
And then I got to think they're going to try to slide a couple on the practice squad. Well, you've got Josh Miles as well, who we heard earlier in training camp from offensive line coach, run game coordinator Sean Kugler was the most improved offensive lineman. So there's another guy that is in the mix as far as being a swing tackle that could back up either the left or the right side. But it is all about those five guys, the importance of those five individuals. Yeah, one player we're all keeping our eye on that is Kyler Murray. But for in order for him to do what he wants to do, those five guys in front of him have to do their job here's dj humphreys we got to make sure we're the group that's not the reason why this thing's in rolling so i can't i think i feel like at this point we've kind of created that as our mentality like we're going out here putting our best foot forward in everything every drill every rep to make sure we're prepared to when we go out there in that game we're the reason why it's, it's going versus the reason why it's not you don't want to be noticed as an offensive lineman, MJ. That means don't give up a sack, don't commit a penalty. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then we're all focusing on the end result, which is how well Eno Benjamin is running, how well James Conner is running, Chase Edmonds. What did DeAndre Hopkins do that particular week? Instead of saying Kyler Murray didn't have time to throw the ball or Kyler Murray didn't have time to do what he needed to do to move the football up and down the field. All right, let's go back to once the offseason started. They made promotions to Cam Turner, became the quarterback's coach, and they promoted Sean Kugler, offense uh, game, uh, running game coordinator. So I think there's a little philosophy uh, when it comes to the offensive staff. They, they want to run the football. They want to utilize play to action. They want to be a downhill running team. Uh, and they got the horses to do it. I think their strength on offense, besides the skill position players, is the offensive line, and I think the strength on defense is the defensive line. And that could go a, wall, a long way when you're talking about winning games in the trenches. Well, it starts in the trenches, does it not, Kyle? It always begins there where you're talking about the offensive side or the defensive side, but we have to say it on paper because we have yet to see those five starters in action in any game because the uncertainty at what happens at right guard, but you've got returners at the tackle position, Justin Pugh at the left guard, and then Rodney Hudson, one of the better centers, if not the best center in the game, plugging right in the middle to be the anchor of the offensive line. Right, and sometimes you could say on paper, you know, based on size, based on 40 time for different positions, but um, this is a track record. Like, we have a good group of veterans that have done it in the past and had played at a high level and had success on the offensive line. Um, and that's what that's what I'm excited about is it's not only, you know, on paper it looks like we're going to be good. These guys have been good in the past. And if this unit gels and plays well together, which I fully anticipate based upon the character and the leadership of some of these guys on the offensive line and the fact, again, that they've gotten the job done in the past, you know, even if they've come from another team, they've played at an extremely high level. And if they can all reach that level together, um, I agree with you guys completely. This is going to be one of the strengths of the team. I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle, because it is an important distinction that these guys, all five of them, MJ, regardless of who the starting right guard is, they all have resumes in this league outside of Josh Jones, but he was very capable in college. But everyone else along that offensive line, maybe not a ton of pro bowlers, but guys that are respected and have certainly graded out well each and every week. Yeah, and we always talk about, you know, on paper, well, we have we have proof in the pudding here. We've watched these guys play over the last couple of years. We see the chemistry up front and the fact that Kelvin Beecham really is on the roster because of Sean Kugler. He's the only guy he would play right tackle for. I'm sure he had some interest in uh, in the market. And then, you know, Josh Jones played 61 snaps last year maybe as an extra blocker. So he's the only guy that doesn't have the, the experience, but 
It's all going to be led by Rodney Hudson. This guy, he's going to help make the calls. Hopefully they can protect Kyler where he can step up in the pocket and make some throws down the field in the middle. Um, But I I like where they're at. And again, you don't want to see... You know, the five guys, anybody go down for a period of time, but they do have some luxury with some backups, and clearly those guys are backups for a reason. And go back to what Humphreys said, don't want to be the group that is the reason why this thing, talking about the offense, isn't rolling. And I think a lot of that, it was the offensive line that stopped the offense. Talking about pre-snap penalties, you can't have those. There's a number of stalled drives. It begins and sometimes ends with those five guys up front talking about the offensive line and whoever might come in as backups, if necessary, this season. Bird Gang single game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash gameticks. That's azcardinals.com slash gametix. When we come back, yeah, the regular season begins in a few more days. Any other questions that we might have leading up to week one? And good to see Jordan Phillips back on the field. We'll touch on that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Stafford takes the shotgun snap, three-step drop, looks right in trouble, and he sacked back at the 20-yard line, dragged down by Jordan Phillips. How about that, the big man, Jordan Phillips, 6'6", 345 pounds, grabbed Matthew Stafford and basically put him into the crockpot belly button. Great job by Jordan Phillips on nothing but a bull rush. Sacks, three quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Jordan Phillips in eight starts. He played in nine last season, and we all hope, we all anticipate him playing all 17 games here in 2021. The Cardinals defense needs Jordan Phillips, and it was good to see Jordan Phillips on the practice field earlier on Tuesday. He was out there working with his fellow defensive lineman during the open portion of practice, activated off the reserve COVID-19 list on Monday and returning to practice. Have not seen a lot of Jordan Phillips since training camp began, Kyle, but it is someone that if you throw him in the mix with a J.J. Watts, a Corey Peters, a Zach Allen, certainly you like the rotation you have at defensive line and then considering your opponent's week one and week two with the Titans and Vikings looking to run the ball first. You need guys along that defensive line who can stop the rush. Yeah, we, you know, we just got done talking about the depth on the O-line. The depth on the D-line is equally as important, especially good teams in this league find a good rotation because you need fresh guys in there that can get the job done and get after the quarterback, stop the run. Um, and, you know, we also just talked about um, resumes, right? And he has a resume. He's done it in the past. He's been a dynamic player, and he's, he's uh, you know, been able to get after the quarterback. And, um, you know, we talk so much about how Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, those two being on the field at the same time, getting after the quarterback are going to benefit each other. The, you know, the other guys are the guys that are really going to reap the benefits when, um, you know, I dare say uh, when Jordan Phillips was – you know, getting all of these sacks and was, you know, one of the better interior rushers in the league, he didn't see a lot of one-on-one blocks. He's going to see that this year. He's going to get an opportunity um, to either line up on a guard or a tackle and, and um, get a one-on-one pass rush. And, you know, if we can see glimpses of the player he was a few years ago when he was one of the most dynamic inside rushers, um, you know, this defense is going to be really fun to watch. 
you know, today I looked at, I was out there and I actually tweeted out they had seven defensive linemen that were practicing. Zach Allen, Michael Dogby, Jordan Phillips, J.J. Watt, Lucky Fotu, Rashad Lawrence, Corey Peters. And I'm thinking that's probably the top seven and you're likely going to dress six on game day. And I think they could slide a couple guys to the practice squad. Marcus Hunt, possibly Josh Morrill. There could be some other guys. But that's the top seven. And we didn't get a chance to see these guys throughout training camp and, and basically a couple preseason games. But I think that was the plan all along to release J.J. Watt, get uh, Jordan Phillips back on the practice field. He looks the part. Now he's got to get into football shape. And to see the improvements with a full offseason of a Rashard Lawrence and a Lecky Fotu. Lawrence especially looked very good early on in training camp. And then he was sidelined with an undisclosed injury. But he has since returned. So you have a healthy defensive line going into the regular season, which is also good. On the flip side, on the offensive side, you look at players that you're anxious to see. And one of those is Christian Kirk. Year four for him MJ it's almost like in a blink of an eye he has become a veteran in this league and established in that wide receivers room he's the most tenured Cardinals wide receiver in that position room which is hard to think about but this is a big year for him to contract here he knows what's at stake he he knows they drafted a wide receiver Rondell Moore in the, in the second round he's watched Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk's had a really good training camp and you know, if they, they really can go four wide. You, you have Kirk and, and Moore in the slot, and you can go with A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins. He knows what's going on, but again, he, he's just got to stay healthy. I thought he's had a really good training camp. I mean, they're, they're moving him around, at least in the open portions of practice when the fans are there. He's playing inside, he's playing outside. He also is a guy that possibly could be a backup by punt return, possibly kick return. Uh, but he knows it's a contract year for him, and whether it's here or somewhere else, uh, I think he's, if, as long as he stays healthy, I think he'll put up some numbers. And that is exactly what Kirk spoke about earlier on Tuesday. There's definitely an extra edge. I have an extra edge to myself. And I always, you know, pride myself on my preparation, my recovery. But, you know, I've, I've taken it to the next level. And, um, you know, I'm doing everything in my power to, to make sure, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm at my best this year. So, yeah, I'm, uh, there's, there's definitely a, a different mentality for myself. Kirk has also been around Kyler Murray for each of Murray's first two seasons and now entering year three for Kyler Murray. In fact, they were teammates. They've known each other for a long period of time, even going back before they were teammates here with the Arizona Cardinals. And Murray added, or excuse me, Christian Kirk added this about Murray and something that we've talked about a lot this offseason. But quote, everything starts with him. He sets the standard. And it's maybe simplifying too many too easily on how this 2021 regular season is going to go, Kyle. But it's very simple that if Kyler Murray performs like we all anticipate he performs, and he has grown not only as a player on the field but off the field as well. He's become much more vocal. He's become a leader on the field and off. But this team only goes as so far as its starting quarterback. Yeah, I think that's probably the most obvious statement uh, we've said on this show. Is um, there's no question. With all of the talent that this roster has and all the playmakers this roster has, if Kyler Murray is not playing at his best, if he's not doing Kyler Murray-type things on Sundays to help this team win games, 
Uh, this team is is going to struggle. This team can, you know, he he's shown the ability to put this team on his back and make the big plays and 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 run this offense efficiently. Um, but at times, you know, things have stalled. And for him to take those next steps to you know work more with his receivers, to communicate more with his teammates, to um, take that leadership role, knowing that he is the face of this franchise and this team. The, this team's um, ability to win fully is on his shoulders and how he plays on Sundays. I don't even think it's close. This is his best training camp. I mean, you, the first couple of years is really about X's and O's and how did this, how's this going to work and we're going to plug in guys here. He knows the offense like the back of his hand. He, he practices hard. But I, and he admitted on azcardinals.com, this is the best he's felt. He's been in the system three years. We always hear that third year, second year for some players playing a different position. But the way he was throwing the football, the way he was throwing in threat, uh, tight windows, it was the best camp he's had. Now, it's only three years. Last year, obviously, with COVID and no preseason games, which he doesn't play a lot there. But I, I, I can say that was his best camp. And you could see him mature. And he the, the accountability of calling guys out when it's needed. We'll see Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals first week one against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. That is Sunday, September 12th. I want to switch back real quick to the defense. We talked about at the start of this segment, MJ, the return of Jordan Phillips on the practice field. Well, Monday, Chandler Jones returned to the practice field as well. He had missed a considerable amount of time with an undisclosed injury, but in watching him during the open portion of practice, one, he's always got a smile on his face. He always looks like he's having the time of his life, but he was moving around great. Didn't look like there were any issues with what whatever was going on with him and the dark cloud that seems to be hovering over Chandler Jones according to everyone outside of Arizona and the need or a desire to have a new contract does not seem like that's going to be an issue this season well I, you know once the season starts you know the focus has to be on, on winning games and if he can get to 15 or 18 sacks I mean that's going to go a long way but listen he came into shape he's motivated he knows he's playing for a new contract um, the Cardinals do own his rights for the next couple of years if they want, but the franchise tagging him, but nobody really wins there. But he is motivated, and he looks good, and he's in complete uh, good shape than last year. And that's another player, Chandler Jones, who should benefit with the addition of J.J. Watt along that front seven. Kyle, you uh, enjoying this radio studio here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, and we want you to come back as well, if that's okay. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that phone call to see if I made the team or not. Uh, <laughs> I might get that tap on my shoulder later, so just I guess we'll evaluate my performance today. We'll see. Still discussing things. <laughs> yeah, Maybe you can go fishing today. All right, I should. <laughs> it's too hot. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.